Welcome to the Fremont Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. We are a family of believers who meet in Fremont, Indiana every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We are attempting to follow Jesus by loving God and loving people. If you would like to support Fremont Community Church, go to www.fremontcommunity.org. Well, hi there, Fremont Community Church. Didn't think we were going to be together tonight because of Ash Wednesday, which it is. Uh, But because of the crazy weather outside, here we are. I hope some of you, I hope you have uh, uh, power out there. We've had multiple branches fall in our backyard, poke a hole in our our swimming pool cover, and and break some of our fence. So I hope y'all are doing better than we are uh, today uh, with all this. Um, but in the meantime, hey, what one upside is we get to have Bible study. And I didn't think we were going to get to do that this week. So we're going to jump in to Ephesians chapter 5, which is exciting. Okay, so we're going to be going to Ephesians chapter 5 and, uh, and, and jumping in to a new chapter. We are in the second half of the book of Ephesians. So we've gone um, into uh, out of the more theological and into the more practical, which for some people that's their favorite part of any book. For me, I like the theological part better. But, uh, but this stuff is just as important and just as good, and it's still the Word of God. So we need to in on it and we get to talk oh about a lot of things today so it's gonna be good Ephesians 5 Um, let's pray and then we'll read God's Word together Heavenly Father I pray for protection for those who are out and about tonight for those who are uh, for all of us in the midst of this crazy ice storm that's destroying trees and knocking down power lines Lord I ask in the name of Jesus that you would watch over us and keep us safe and uh, that you would help us, Lord, as we enter into your word and um, and uh, that uh, we fall more in love with the, the word of God tonight. In Jesus' beautiful, holy name, amen. All right, let's read. This is Ephesians chapter 5 from the New International Version. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as a person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes upon the disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, 
but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll stop there. I hope we get that far. Uh, Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Uh, But we're really going to try. So like I said, we have moved on to the more uh, practical application part of the book of Ephesians. This is the part where Paul begins to just straight out tell us what it means to live like a follower of Christ. This is what it looks like. Day to day, rubber meets the road. This is the way we're supposed to live. And Paul um, pulls no punches on this. He just he just goes right after it. This is something that we have to we uh, that we really need to listen to. And we need to listen for more than just rules. A lot of times we like to listen to this kind of stuff um, to 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 make rules that aren't supposed to be broken. And there are rules and they aren't supposed to be broken. But that's but uh to stop there would be our, would be a problem. We need to go further than that, and we need to see the reasons behind and behind these rules. We need to see what is being expressed as Paul, as Paul says these, you know, gives us these codes of conduct for the church. Uh, what's behind them? What's the reasoning behind them? What's the thought process that goes into this kind of conversation? So that uh, as so that if we run into a situation that's not directly uh, um, described in the scriptures, we still know how to make the right choice. Uh, there's a lot of things that exist now. You know, they didn't have an Internet in Paul's day. Um, so how can we find out from Paul what it looks like for us to be Christians on the Internet? Well, that means we have to we have to go beyond just the surface level rules and we need to go deeper into the underlying ideas uh, that, 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 that make up um, the, uh, this, this, this whole thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, follow, uh, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. So I, um, we finished the last chapter uh, with this, uh, with, with this, you know, these last few verses, very much like this. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, all of these and every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. That's that's where we end it. So it is um, it is Jesus forgiveness of us, which causes us to forgive, to forgive each other. And and we continue in that vein, as Paul says, so follow God's example. That's that's we were just told. God forgave us, so we should forgive each other. Now follow God's example as dearly loved children. Um, there, all of these kinds of, of, uh, of sections of scripture like this, where we're given instruction like this, uh, 
it is very easy to turn this into a rule book or a law book. Um, but we don't want to do that. We want, we want to remember this is Papa. This is Daddy God um, who, is, who is training his kids in how to live well. He wants us to live lives that are full. He wants us to live lives that are rich. He wants us to live lives that we will enjoy. And he wants to call us into not just some kind of um, uh, set of rules that we need to follow. Here's, here's the list of things that you should not do. Here's the no-no list, right? That's not, that's not at all God's intention. God's intention is that we would be formed into his image. His intention is that his character would be formed in us. And isn't that how it would be? I remember when my brother was, was little and on Sunday mornings, I would help my mom get them ready for church. Um, I have a sister who's 11 years younger than I am and a brother who's 13 years younger than I am. And, and so I had the privilege of being a part of, of, you know, kind of helping to raise them, which was great. I'm, I'm not complaining at all. I loved that. And, and on Sunday mornings, we would get him, we would get Caleb ready for church. And I remember him as a small child telling us that he wanted daddy hair, right? So what he wanted, he wanted his hair to be parted exactly like my dad's was, um, because that was what handsome looked like to him, right? And, and this is the kind of, it's the same kind of thing here. Follow God's example as dearly loved children. You know, we, we are loved by God and he is our father. And in that relationship, we want to become just like him. We really do. We, we, we so love him and we so recognize how beautiful and good and kind he is and how much his love means to us. We want to reflect that love. We want to do that. And Paul says, so follow his example, just like any dearly loved child would do and walk in the way of love, verse two, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So our, our, our lives are to be lived out of this relationship of God loves me and I love God. Jesus loves me and I love Jesus. And I want to pattern my life after them. I want my life to be offered up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to the living God, to the one who loved me first. That's where this all comes from. This isn't done out of some kind of uh, fear of hell or fear that God's going to reject us and throw us away. And and Paul is going to go on to say this if if this is the ba if these other things are the basis of your life, then you don't have an inheritance in the kingdom of God, and those kind of verses can get scary. But we should never leave this this beginning behind, where where all of this is based in this place of we love God, God loves us, and this is what it looks like to live out of life, loving God and loving people. That's this is what we're being called into, and then he gets into very specific examples of the kind of people that are formed by loving God and loving people. Verse three, among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. I want to go and, uh, and dig into those words in the original Greek, because um, there's some really, there's some really interesting ways that, uh, that, that those have been, uh, that those have been translated. Okay, so 
the um the the verse three among you there should be uh you know i'm looking at the new american standard here which is much more i mean that's what i've been using for this study so i probably should have um I should have read that to you first, um, but uh, but he says, but immorality or any impurity or greed. So he mentions greed, uh, which which isn't even in um, uh, the new the new international uh, translation, but it is in the Greek. So this word immorality is fornication, uh, porneia, which is any expression of sexuality. Um, that is outside of the of the the marriage bond. Okay, so that that's what that is. It's it's illicit sexual behavior. It says no, that doesn't belong in a Christian context. Or impurity, which is uh, I, I can't pronounce that. It's kind of hard. It's it's acatharsia. That's acatharsia. Um, uncleanness, uh, which is, <laughs> that's a, so immorality, fornication or uncleanness. So that would be just anything that is, that's, that's improper. Um, that's not, uh, that's, that, that's out of place. That's, that's not good that, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's dirty. Okay. And that would be, um, the this word doesn't necessarily imply sexuality, but in the context, it wouldn't make sense that it would. But then we move on to the to the word greed, which is covetousness. Um, uh, uh, Pleonexia. That's that's. I don't think I've ever encountered that word before. Anyway, but that's covetousness. So <clears throat> let them not even be named among you. There shouldn't even be a hint. Um, you are saints. This is your identity. This is who you are. And you're not sexually immoral. You're not. You're not uh, uh, unclean or 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 dirty in any way. And and you're not motivated by greed or covetousness. If you think about these things, uh, that are, that these are categories of of evil. Okay, there is there is sexually illicit behavior, improper sexual behavior. Then there is um, this 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 idea of of dirtiness or uh, you know not not following the law like uh, like you know just the kind of person that that's that doesn't care what's proper or what's not proper. What's, what's, what is acceptable socially, what's not acceptable socially. Um, and then greed, which is about finances and, 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 uh, and, and, you know, will go to any lengths to fulfill uh, a, a desire for money. So these three, these categories that this isn't, this is not who we are. And the people that love God, God is what they're pursuing. We're not pursuing sexual gratification. We're not pursuing, um, you know, uh, uh, money. We're not pursuing uh, a bad reputation. We're not, we're not, we, we are trying, we are setting our lives toward God. That's what we're looking to do. We are attempting 
to, to point our lives towards the risen Christ. That's our goal. Um, and so these things don't make sense. They don't belong among a people who love God. Proper among the saints, uh, which which are the hegeos, the, the holy people. That's who we are. We are the holy people. We are the people who are pursuing a relationship with God and right relationship with each other. And then he says, there must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting. Okay. Um, filthiness, the word means baseness, uh, you know, rude, crude, uh, uh, kind of thing, foolish talk. Uh, you know, we're just not going to be inappropriate. And then of course, coarse jest, jesting, literally that's exactly what the Greek means. And the idea is improper sexual humor, the kind that would make people blush, you know, if they heard it. Um, these are not fitting, he says. These these aren't proper. These don't belong to you and I. Our mouths were made to praise and give thanks. Okay? That's, that's what he says. But rather giving of thanks. So this kind of uselessness of our mouths that the world spends its time in, this uselessness of the mouth, this way of speaking to one another and being with one another that is just gross and disgusting and, 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 and filthy. That's not who we are. And that's not how we should, that's not how we should live our lives. We have been called to something better, something more, um, that we're, that's not fitting. What we should be doing with our mouths is giving thanks. We need to be, this is, we, we were meant to praise the Lord, not to, not to be a people who engage in our mouths in the same way that the rest of the culture does. We're to be set apart because we're people in love with God. Uh, verse five, for this, you know, with certainty, no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. It would be easy to read verse 5 out of context and immediately say, you know, if you tell a dirty joke, you're going to hell. Or if you use a curse word, you're going to hell. Which, by the way, uh, that, like, the filthiness, silly talking, coarse jesting, that would, this is the only verse in the New Testament that I know of that you can use parents to talk to your kids about the language that they should or should not use. This is specifically talking about words that your culture considers uh, uh, inappropriate. Um, uh, uh, this verse, Ephesians 5, verse 4. Write it down, Mom and Dad. Write it down, Grandma and Grandpa. Ephesians 5, verse 4. This is the verse you're allowed to use. I said last week, you're not allowed to use this verse to tell people not to cuss. This is the only one. This is, this is the one. This is the one that says no cussing. That's, that's really what verse 4 means. The Christians really should not, should not be the kind of people that use language that their culture would consider offensive. That's Ephesians 5 verse 4. So there you go. Uh... <laughs> Um, but anyway, so verse five is not saying, Hey, if you screw up, you're not gonna, you, you, you're out. That's not what verse five is saying. What verse five is saying is if you invest your life in these kinds of things, you're not investing your life in the kingdom. 
our inheritance in the kingdom comes from our, our investing our treasure in the kingdom. Remember what Jesus said? He said, he said, store up treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. That's what Jesus said, right? And that's how we will have. And he said, that way you have an inheritance waiting for you in heaven. That's what Jesus said. Paul is kind of riffing off that. And he's going, look, if some, if these other things, and he says, these people are idolaters, immortal, uh, immoral, impure, and covetous people are idolaters. They're people for whom something else is more important than God. Something else is more important than loving God and love people. And that is evidenced by their actions. Uh, this, that, that, that is, that is what the evidence of our action, actions show. That our heart does not belong to God. Our heart belongs to the things of this world. The things that are passing away. Which is what we spent the whole time last time talking about. We're not going to invest our lives there. We invest our lives in the eternal. We invest our lives in God and in one another. And we will have an inheritance in Christ and in God. But if we invest our lives in the things of this world, if we are immoral, impure, covetous people, people that are pursuing those things, we won't have an inheritance in Christ or in God. The way you spend your life really matters. It's not just about God forgave my sins, so now I can go to heaven. It is about I'm giving my life to the Lord. I am. I belong to him. My, I am faithful to him. Um, that's what having faith in God means. Means I am faithful to God. Now, does that mean you're not that you're never going to screw up? No, not at all. Does that mean that you have it all figured out? No, it doesn't mean that either. It just means that we're continually working to give our lives over to the things of God and the things of the kingdom and not the things of this world. Verse six. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not, this verse seven, therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk in children of, walk as children of light. Okay, so this is, you aren't that person anymore. The wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. The ones who've invested their lives in the things of this world are going to reap what this world is reaping. You're going to pass away just like uh, just like the rest of this world will pass away. You also will pass away with it. You will belong to the world and the world is passing away and so will you. Um, don't be sons of disobedience. Be beloved children of God. That was that first line. Once again, verse one, be imitators of God as beloved children. Are you going to be God's children? Or are you going to be the sons of disobedience? So if that's not who you are, then don't partake with them. That's who you used to be. That's where you used to live. But that's not where you live now. You were darkness, but now you're light. You couldn't be more different from that if you tried, you are different. You are something else. You live in a separate category, not because you're so much better than them, but because of the work that God has done and is doing in you. Amen. I hope, I hope you're, hope you're saying amen out there. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Don't let them trick you into going back 
to that. You are a child of light. So walk as a child of light. Verse 9, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness goodness and righteousness and truth. Remember uh, in chapter 4, it was saying that we're putting on the new self, right? And the new self is built in goodness, righteousness, and truth. And now the fruit of light consists in goodness, righteousness, and truth. Paul repeats those on purpose because this is who we are. We're a people of goodness, righteousness, and truth. This is what God's called us into. Verse 10. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Oh, okay. Um, that's what that's what we're doing. That's why, you know, Fremont Community Church, our our um our, our motto our, our is, is learning every day, learning together every day how to love God and love people. Uh, and verse 10 says, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. This is Paul recognizing that we aren't getting it all right, that this, this is a process, and that, uh, that, that we're going to mess up. So we're trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. We're walking forward. We're learning day by day, minute by minute. Mistake by mistake, sometimes um, what it look what it means to be pleasing to the Lord. Uh, verse eleven: Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead, even expose them. For it is uh, uh, disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. So he's saying, don't. Don't participate. Just, I love that he calls them unfruitful deeds. The things that are done in darkness are things that are stealing from you. That's not who you are. You are someone else. You are, you be, and it is not fruitful for you. It's not fruitful for anyone to do the things that are done in darkness. We should, it says, but instead even expose them, uncover them. When, when you recognize the darknesses at work in your heart, uncover it. Don't hide it. That's where, that's where all the bad stuff grows, as if it stays hidden, as if it stays locked away. No one can ever know about the problems that I have. No, no. Bring that out into the open. Light is a beautiful disinfectant. Okay? Bring that out. And he says, it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. Secrets are poisonous to the soul and leaving things in the dark means they'll continue to fester and continue to 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 break you and to and to and to hinder your walk but bring them out but all things become visible when exposed by the light for everything that becomes visible is light so light when you, we bring it out into the light, when we're honest about our difficulties, when we're honest about the things that we're going through, when we share them with trusted people, don't just go sharing, you know, don't go out on Facebook right now and say, you know, I have struggled all my life with these sins. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about bringing things to people that are close, people that you trust, wise people who are on the same journey with you and talk to them about your struggles. And don't be ashamed of that. I, I need help with these things. Um, and it's by bringing them out into the light that they, that, that sin will lose its power. Um,
verse 14. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Well, praise the Lord for that. Awake, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Um, Lord, we need more of that. Lord, shine on us. You guys remember that song? Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land. Anybody? Okay, sorry. Yeah, every once in a while, you know, you got to bust out those old... Uh, the, 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 those ancient songs, right? Okay. Uh, which that one's only from the 90s, so it doesn't feel like it's that old. But that's pretty ancient. That's 30 years ago. Praise the Lord, I'm an old man. Uh, okay, verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Be careful how you walk. Um, we need to pay attention. We live in a broken world and we live in a dark place. And the, we have real a real enemy and sin is out to get you. All those things are true. So be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Uh, when I'm dealing with someone who has a sin a habit, a sinful habit in their lives. Um, you know, uh, I, I go to this kind of advice first. We need to deal with where that's rooted and, you know, where that all comes from. And we need to deal with the internal struggle that is manifesting as this sin. And that's the long-term project. But the short-term project is to keep you out of bad behavior and to keep you from making another mistake. Um, and so, you know, when we're talking about somebody who has an addiction, uh, you know, you, you're talking about a, a, a gambling, uh, let's, let's say we're talking to someone who has a gambling addiction. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you, uh, it'd probably be a good idea not to go to the casino. You think if you have a gambling addiction, you might want to stay away from a casino. If you have if you have a gambling addiction, you might want to put a filter on your Internet that keeps you off of the gambling websites. If you have a gambling addiction, you might want to have somebody watching your phone and watching your Internet and making sure you don't put any gambling, uh, any any gambling apps on your phone or your iPad or whatever. Um, there are very simple, wise things that you can do to help keep you from sinning. Simple things. I've told the story before about uh, the, the kid in uh, my youth group that had a recording of his grandmother that would play whenever he turned on his computer that said, be careful, little eyes, what you see. <laughs> um, and I thought that was brilliant because... How in the world could he go look for something inappropriate on the Internet when his grandma had just saying, be careful, little eyes, what you see to him. Right. Uh, uh, to me, <laughs> I thought that was really a really great idea. Well, well, that's 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 great. That would probably keep, you know, keep me from uh, from from going to look at anything because it feels like grandma's in the room. And how could you do anything like that with grandma in the room? There are wise ways to walk that will keep us from sin. If, you know, uh, 
accountability is so huge and so important. And that's what I mean when I say bring these things out to trusted folks, because if if you're sharing with someone, these are my struggles. These are the things that I'm having difficulty with. These are the things that I, I just can't. I can't get a handle on on these problems, these situations in my life. If that's you, you need another person there with you, helping you through it, helping you to think through uh, all of these issues and somebody that you can call when you're struggling, someone that you can you can ask, them, hey, just pray with me or can I come over because I'm about to make a mistake that I don't want to make, you know, um, being honest with yourself and with them about about your desire to walk in more righteousness and that you need help to do so. Uh, that's, that's so big. And there's so many small, wise choices that you can make. I always, I, I, I used, uh, I heard somewhere that, uh, you know, these big sinful choices that we make that, uh, that destroy our whole lives, whether it's cheating on a spouse or, or, you know, drunk driving or some other thing that might destroy our our entire life. Those choices that we make, they don't get made like that. It might seem like they do. Like at the last, like, like, you know, I was fine and then I made this decision and then boom, everything was destroyed. But the truth is you made a thousand little decisions before you made that one. And it was those thousand little decisions that made this decision possible. You know, you wouldn't have gotten drunk if there wasn't any alcohol in your home. You wouldn't have gotten drunk if you hadn't been in that bar. You wouldn't have cheated on your wife if you hadn't built a friendship and then and then flirted with this person, right? I mean, there's a thousand little decisions that go into the one final decision that ends up wrecking our lives, ruining our marriages, ruining uh, the best things about our lives. If we walk as wise and not unwise then we will be really glad and we'll be able to overcome the power of the enemy. But then in verse 16, he says, making most of your time because the days are evil. What does that mean? Making the most of your time. Jesus talked about this over and over again. He said, we have to work while it's still day because night is coming. There is the end of our ability to work is coming. There's going to be a day when you're not going to be able to be as active in your walk in Christ as you are now. There's going to come a day when, when you know, and, and every minute that we have, you know, uh, Mike Bickle used to, uh, he had a sermon series called The Power of a Focused Life. It just scared the bejeebers out of me. And, um, <laughs> because the, the kind of like big phrase from that sermon series, which I would highly recommend, but uh, be ready because it's intense. But uh, but the big phrase from that sermon series that just punched me in the gut was he said, wasting time is wasting destiny. And I was like, what? And, and it was verses like this, I'm sure that he was referring to, that we only have so much time. We only have so much time in a day. We only have so much time in our lives. You know, our lives are short and and we can spend our we spend our lives however we want. You know, we choose how we spend our lives. Nobody else chooses it for us. We choose it. And and here we are. Every decision that we make about how we spend our lives will affect our lives. 
That's just the truth. It will affect the way our life comes out. So make the most of your time. He says, because the days are evil. What does he mean by that? Well, the days are evil out there. It is, it is evil out there. But it may also be referring to the fact that Jesus is coming soon. <laughs> he is coming back. That is going to happen. We don't know when. We don't know how. We don't understand what's going to take place. But it is going to happen. That day is coming. So be ready because Jesus is coming soon and we are running out of time. Um, pay it, you know, Use your time wisely. Do not be foolish, verse 17. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It's, we need to focus our lives the direction that God has chosen to focus our lives. I remember uh, years ago, I was uh, I was involved in a I don't know five or six different ministries at the church. This is before I was in full time ministry. Um, yeah, I was a young man. Uh, 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 Isaac and Aiden were born, but I don't remember they were fairly young. And uh, and I was involved in uh, like I said like four or five different ministries. Uh, I, I was doing a lot at the church at the time. I was super involved in the youth ministry. I was super involved in the International House of Prayer. I was super involved in uh, in um, uh, the worship team uh, there. I had there was there was multiple things that that I was spending my time doing, and I felt like I was just running from one thing to another to another to another, and uh, and um, the Lord spoke to me really strongly in prayer one day. And he, he said, uh, he said, you're a flashlight, but I want you to be a laser beam. And, and, and that picture just spoke, you know, cause, because a flashlight, if you think of a flashlight, oh, it lights up an area, but a laser beam is so focused that it actually drills down into that, into that thing. You know, it can, it can, that, and it, it was all about the focus. It was about, it was about, uh, you know, focusing in to this tight beam so that I could do a lot more in a small area than I could do. I was so diffused. I was so, my energy was spread out over so many different places and so many different things that I couldn't be fully present in any of them. And the Lord was saying, no, I want you to pull it in. And, and he's, and this is what he said. This is the instruction that I got from him was, I don't want you involved in any ministry that is not directly related to what to the call that I've put on your life. And that's why I'm sharing this story because he says don't be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. And you only have so much time and you only have so much energy and you only have so much money. And you need to be investing in what God has for you to invest in in this season. And you need to be, it needs to be okay. That that means that you're going to say no to some things that are very good. I'm not going to be involved in that because, or or that or this. I'm going to focus on what God has called me to in this season, and I'm going to give myself to that. And I'm not going to, you know, be over here doing this and be over here doing that, be over there doing that, and spreading my energy all out everywhere so that so that. I'm not actually good for anybody. I'm just kind of like present in all these different places. But zeroing in on 
the singular thing, you know, the singular one or two things that God has called is calling you to do right now. Um, let me be honest with you as a pastor. Uh, I will take your help in all of the areas you want to give it to me. <laughs> I will do that. I will say, yes, you want help with the kids ministry? Yes. You want help with the youth ministry? Yes. You want help on the worship team? Yes. You want help in the kitchen? Yes. You want to help with the food pantry? Absolutely. You want to help. If you want to sign up for all of those things, for me, you know, we have a constant, nonstop, ongoing need for more volunteers. And if you're a great volunteer, I am not going to turn you away. Now, I will say this. I have had the conversation with people before about, you know, the flashlight and laser beam conversation. I have had that conversation with people before. You know, you're involved in six things right now. Maybe pick two, right? Um, but that's a hard conversation for me to have, because as far as I'm concerned, the more people that sign up for the more things, the happier I am. That, uh, but I try, I try and care enough about you to say, what is God really saying to you in this season? What, what is supposed to be your primary focus? That's what you need to spend your time on. Don't be running off to all these other things and all these other, uh, no. What is your primary focus in this season of your life? That's what's important. You need to give yourself over to that one thing. Paul is saying the same thing here. He's saying, pay attention. What is it that God wants from you in this, in this day, in this season, in this moment? Spend your time investing in the things that the Lord has called you to do now. That's really important. And then Paul does, you know, his ADD thing, which I really think Paul must have had uh, ADD. And I can't imagine how difficult it would have been to hang out with him because he feels like his brain's just bouncing all over, all over the place. Um, but like I said, in these last halves of these books, he's kind of just, Oh, and remember this. Oh, and do that. Oh, and remember this. And Oh, so the, the, the flow of thought isn't quite as fluid as it is in the first part of the book. At this point, he sees the end of the parchment is coming and he's just trying to get as much good advice in there as he possibly can. I really think that's true. Um, parchment was extremely expensive. And so um, uh, uh, he, <laughs> he wouldn't have wanted to waste even an inch of, of it. Um, so verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine. <laughs> For that is debauchery. Dis, uh, uh, wastefulness, uns, unsavedness. Um, uh, it's dissipation is this is the word that's used in the New American Standard. Dissipation. Uh, new, the New American, the New International said debauchery. Um, what's what is that? What is that? Uh, uh, it is uh, it, it foolishness. It is it is. There's no nothing good about it. There's nothing good about drunkenness. Nothing. Does the Bible prohibit the drinking of alcohol? No. The answer is no. Um, but it does tell us don't. Uh, drunkenness is 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 a waste of life, and it's dangerous. <laughs> 
So uh, um, can Christian people that love Jesus very much drink alcohol? Yeah, sure, they can. Um, uh, they just need to be wise about that, you know, and they need to. Personally, I think it's just crazy expensive. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I, I, I am an Assembly of God minister, and I have already said, you know, I've promised the assemblies that I would not drink alcohol, so I don't. Um, but when I, you know, I just look at like the prices on, on alcohol at the restaurants and stuff. And I'm like, my goodness, why would you drink it anyway? It's so darn expensive. But, um, uh, but Paul is saying, look, don't, don't do that. That's, that's, it's not, it's not good for you at all. This is not, this is not the way that a person who's careful about their life lives. You don't just, you, you don't just throw your, throw your, inhibitions away you're supposed to be making wise careful choices and getting drunk is not a wise and careful choice he says don't do that but be filled with the spirit and i love this because this word but be filled okay um the the this is where the greek i got i got a c in my greek course um so you know that i'm an expert and uh and that was a joke and um but but i do know a little bit about greek and in greek there are verb tenses that don't exist in english in english we have we have a few i think we have four verb tenses and forgive me and english teachers out there uh, if i'm completely wrong about that but um uh you know we have past tense present tense future tense etc in greek there's more there's quite a few more and this is one of those this means uh, not only should you do this once, but that you should continue to do this from now on. And it's so in English, the best way to say it is be being filled. <laughs> be being filled with the spirit. Go and put yourself underneath the waterfall of the spirit and stay there so that you're filled and overflowing with the spirit at all times. This is what God is, is calling you to do. Understand what the will of God is. This is what the will of God is. Be being filled with the spirit. Don't ever stop being filled with the spirit. Stay in the place where you're continuously filled with the spirit. This isn't a suggestion. This is a command. It's in the imperative. Be being filled. Stay in the place where you are constantly being filled to overflowing with the spirit, where the flow of God's life and love is constantly flowing in and out of you. That is the place that we're meant to stay. That's what it's supposed to look like. And Paul says, and when that happens, you know, it, it's easy to tell who those people are because they begin to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and make melody with their heart to the Lord. So it's the kind of person that's just like living in that spot of, yeah, you know, they're excited about life. And when they come to church, they don't come to church to sit in the pew like greedy little babies going, feed me, feed me. No, they come to church to pour out their being 
They are being filled by the Spirit, and they're pouring, and the Spirit's pouring out of them continuously. They live in that place, Spirit moving in and out through them all the time. This is where they live. They are speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with their heart to the Lord. This is, we we as Charismatics or Pentecostals should love this verse, because this is all about, this is all about what we do on Sunday mornings. We come together and we sing and we sing to, and and, uh, we have that one song that we sing at our church still. It's from the nineties, but we still sing it every once in a while where, where I make you turn and say to each other, his banner over you, his banner over me, his banner over us. It is love, love, love. This right here, Paul is telling you to do it. So next time pastor Josh gets cheesy and tells you to sing over your neighbor, I have scripture for that. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. This is a beautiful place for us to be. Paul is saying, look, go be filled with the Spirit and stay filled with the Spirit and sing to the Lord and sing to your brothers and sisters and just stay in this place where the flow of the Spirit is constant. It's just moving all the time. Always, verse 20, giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place to be, to live and to be. What a beautiful place to exist. Sing singing, making melody in our heart to the Lord, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, right? Uh, Always giving thanks for all things. And we have in the past um, done the spiritual, uh, uh, done the the spiritual uh, practice of thanksgiving. And and, um, because I don't want to go any further in this chapter, because Starting with verse 21, we're entering into a whole different section that we don't have time for tonight. Um, uh, we've got about 12 minutes left in our time together, maybe 11. And, uh, and, and I don't have enough time to unpack being subject to one another in the fear of Christ, including husbands and wives and blah, blah, blah. We don't have time for that. That's next week. That's going to be fun. That'll be exciting to talk about. And uh, and and uh, very very important and powerful teaching for next time, uh, but we're going to wrap this up here by pra- by doing a spiritual practice together uh, of giving thanks of being of being thankful. To so this is what I want you to do wherever you're at, and if you don't if you're in your car, uh, you may want to wait and do this later. You know, pause it and and then uh, uh, and, and do this later. Um, but if you're in a place where you can get comfortable and um, kind of sit back, take a few deep breaths with me. You know, let's just inhale and exhale. Inhale. Just focus on your breath and exhale. One more time. I want you to think or say the word inhale. And then exhale one more time. Okay. Good. Now, I want you to think of one thing. I want you to think of one thing that you're grateful for. One one thing, specific thing. And a small thing. Don't start with my wife or my daughter or whatever. 
Pick one specific thing from your day, one thing that happened today, a specific instance that you're thankful for. And I want you to say it. I want you to say it out loud. I am grateful uh, for the great conversations that I had with uh, my friends today. The encouraging conversations that I had with my friends today. I am grateful for that. just sit in that feeling of gratitude for a moment. And now pick another thing. What is something else that you're grateful for? Something else that you're thankful for? And you can go a little bigger this time. Okay, so you can say, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for my children, for, for my daughter. I'm grateful for my daughter, Lily for who she is and what she does and the way that she lives in the world. And sit in that. Let that feeling fill you up. And now choose another thing, something specific. I'm grateful for uh, my for my wife and for how hard she works to make our family happen. I'm grateful for her. Just continue to let that emotion fill up. This is all we're doing. We're just giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to begin to take, to just allow that emotion of gratitude to, to, to rise up inside of you and transcend the things that you're thankful for and just let the emotion of gratitude for just exactly how blessed you are. Just let that emotion of gratitude just begin to flow and just overflow until you don't even have to remember any of those things that you're grateful for. You can just realize that you are, that you are just grateful. Lord, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. I have so many things to be so grateful for. Thank you, Lord. Hey, you can stay there if you want. I, I try and... This is one of the best ways to get out of anxiety is to do that practice that, that I just walked you through. Uh, it's a powerful practice. And I love it. And I, I'm just following what, what Paul tells me to do right here in Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, friends. Thank you for joining me. Sorry we didn't get to see each other in the Ash Wednesday service tonight, but I'm glad at least here we got to spend some time in God's Word. I love you. God bless you. Have a great night.